0: This is Ashley Kelsch, and you are listening to Life Coaching for Modern Renegades, episode number 75. Welcome to Modern Renegades Podcast. This is a life coaching podcast for the person who wants to learn how to lose themselves in the moment, not life circumstances. Each week, we will explore mental and spiritual practices that will inspire you to ask, seek, and heal. They are for the modern renegade. They are for you. What is up, Renegades? Happy Friday. So, a week ago, I announced that I'm taking a minor detour from my usual wellness program in dating life. I'm taking 90 days of celibacy and zero engagement with men. Any man who is remotely more than friends, that's right, no flirting, no bantering, any guy that qualifies in these areas of me, if they're out, I'm doing the full-blown men's Cleanse and no masturbation. God, that's hard to. This is as soon as I put it out there, I was like, oh my God, (laughs) what was I thinking? Which is why I'm doing it. For some of you, no sex or dating is NBD. But for a lot of you, you're like, what? We're embarking on summer and summers are for loving. And I was like, listen. Even my winter stays wet. Seasons don't matter over here. Another friend was like, you don't want the life I have. Why would you do this on purpose? (laughs) My friend said, did I miss something with the celibacy thing? I've been not having sex for like two years and I'm just angry. I'm just angry. Another friend was like, God, this sounds like my marriage. Although, y'all, I got to be real. A lot of people that have done it intentionally have done it. They've said this is the best work that they have ever done on and for themselves. And they've had some really great advice from me. So I'm going to take that all in. And yeah, I just want to take this pretty seriously. I mean, I hear all of you, all of it. So let me just tell you, this will be a challenge to my brain. Not drinking for extended amount of time, that doesn't do it for me. I mean, obviously, it's great to not drink, but I've done that many times, trained for marathons. sure. I can do all these things, but my brain has an idea of what that's going to look like. It's been the worst experience and the best experiences, and I've had the experiences in between. I've never actually done the kind of work of giving up orgasms and good times with guys, ever. I did mention in my tri article that I once vowed to do a men's cleanse, and after six days, I was like, why? This is the most boring life ever. And I think like one night, I even recorded some audio on like day five. And I want to see if I can find it. I said something like, I don't even know what to do with myself. What is this life? See, like, just don't talk to the opposite sex. Then what? If I can find it, obviously, I will totally throw myself under the bus with it and get that recorded on here. But that Tribes article, when it came out, there was one guy who decided to respond to it on Facebook saying, so you've decided to get off the cock carousel. How brave, <laughs> well, not as brave as you being a local realtor posting this comment, but I don't consider this brave, and that comment, I was like, "Wow, okay, um, but you know what i'm I'm going all in on this comment. I've never considered that I've been on a cock carousel. What does that look like? Never heard those words. You know what? Yeah, I have been you know recently for quite some time now, I've been writing. This one horse, maybe it's a unicorn, kind of not difficult to get off the carousel really, but this one particular ride on that ride, that's going to be hard. But anyway, if anyone else out there is into the carousel, don't feel bad about it. Ride your rides, try all the different ones. You got that bench, you can get a couple people on it. Like I said, you got that horse, you ride that saddle, it's up and down. There's all kinds of good things on there. Let's own that ride. Joseph Campbell says, you have to strive every minute to get rid of the life you have planned in order to have the life that is waiting to be yours. In order for us to evolve, renegades, we have to get uncomfortable. And brains don't want to be uncomfortable. They don't. They want to find the easy way and chill, be content. And look, I'm all for that for you if you're into that. But for me, I need something to do. I want to create, co-create. Try new things and become the next version of myself. I have no idea what could possibly come up for me, but I can tell you this. You're going to hear all about it. This actually might be more interesting than me talking about training for a marathon. Who wants to hear about me running? Nobody wants to hear about me running. Me not having sex? Well, I don't even know if you guys want to hear about that, but you're going to. When I set a goal, I decide ahead of time why I want to do it. Like you just gather a ton of compelling reasons, as many as you can get, so that when shit gets hard, you have something to tell your brain of like, this is why, this is why, because it's going to get hard. Three of the reasons I'm doing this are for my clients. That's one of them. If I can learn how to navigate changing my behaviors and patterns around my intimate relationships, I can better guide each of them. The reality is also this. There are thousands of years of subliminal messaging and conditioning around what it means to be a woman, our roles in society to get married and have children. And even when you're not actively interested or logically, like you know that you don't want those things, your brain still offers the thoughts. The messaging is reinforced all around you to be boot up and make babies. Furthermore, the human design for our species is to do that so that we can continue to evolve. Did you know that the woman's sex drive increases in their 40s? That it's our body's way? Like it's our last ditch effort to procreate. Our testosterone is increasing and we find ourselves, even if in marriages and in love, wanting to lust over and fuck what we can, we are chemically raging. This is because it's our last chance to make more humans. It's not a justification for things, but it's chemically what is happening. So I just want to see where my brain is maybe attached to some of the beliefs that I don't know I have. Last week, I talked about in my episode, Crazy Stupid Love, that what happens to us chemically when we fall into states of passion and romantic euphoria, these brains of ours, which are organs of aggression, go a little mad. As a woman who can identify with being this way, I wonder where I'm operating from now. By removing the men and the orgasms, I'm going to find out what's under the hood, so to speak. That is, if I don't completely explode while abstaining. second reason that I'm going to hold out for 90 days, I've heard a lot of talk over the years about sexual transmutation and how much energy the emotion of sex packs. It brings you into the conscious states. It's said in Think and Grow Rich that you can enrich the body and mind and spirit, not suppress it. Otherwise, you will seek it through purely physical channels. I find this really intriguing. I'm also interested in the fact that they've done scientific research on high achieving men, for some reason, not women, probably because of the times, not unlike these, but they found that men of greatest achievement had highly developed sexual natures, but learned the art of sex transmutation and the ones who accumulated great fortunes and recognition in the arts and literatures, what have you, were also highly influenced by muses of women. Sometimes I wonder if these muses ever negotiated royalties. I don't think that they did. Maybe they were satisfied knowing they were inspiration. Anyway, it's said that if you can harness this sexual energy and channel it to your creative sources, that you can possibly create on a genius level. This I find very interesting. So you know what? I've also decided I'll be this woman that we're applying this research to, right? (laughs) Questionable, but if I'm not speaking to men, there will be no male muse interaction. So that energy won't be coming from there, but I will be... Abstaining and taking this orgasmic energy that's not being released and channeling it. The work I have in front of me in my business right now is at a pivotal point. I have some ideas I want to grow. Spending the next 90 days creating and organizing a strategy to execute from this peak frequency energy is my intention. The third reason I've decided to commit to this idea, and this is actually the most compelling, it has been driving my dating game For the past year or more, which is my children, my youngest is leaving the nest in the end of August, the end of the summer. I decided this last year that I wouldn't get into a serious relationship or commit to anybody. But now I want to spend these next 90 days not distracted, be it good or bad by somebody else. Like I just want to wrap my mind around the emotions and physical change that is unfolding here under my ceilings, my rooftop, and be fully present and in this process. You've heard me talk about how we tend to lose ourselves to dating and romantic relationships. They take up headspace even when you're managing your thoughts and emotions. It's required that they would. They deserve your attention. So I'm just choosing to not give any attention there so I can instead give my entire focus to Faith and our summer. I've thought about what might come up for me over the next 90 days, which is also part of my goal setting process or any sort of challenge. Like I said, I look for the compelling reasons of why I want to do this, and then I look for all the obstacles, externally, internally, that's, you know, emotionally. And I've had a few come up. For example, an observation one of my guy friends has filled me in on is that, you know, I'm not an easy person to date. I know this. They know. My friends know. While discussing it, he said, the masculine dancing with you is a challenge. You're no white picket fence. You don't know what you're going to get each day with you, and that's not an easy do for just anyone. And he's right. I'm curious to see over the next 90 days how this will show up while I'm abstaining. What is it that makes me difficult to dance with at times? Another obstacle is that I've had a lover that I would define as a companion. We hadn't really structured our relationship or labeled it as committed or one with a future. Like I said, this last year, I didn't want to do that, but we still naturally found ourselves spending time together while maintaining our own lives and senses of self. He's been incredibly supportive of my work, me wanting to be with my kids, me wanting my time alone, me wanting time with my friends, me being independent. But telling him that we can't or won't be talking for 90 days, which I thought was going to be the only obstacle with him, actually brought up the fact that we both have had kind of two different ideas Yeah, about what our relationship status was and is and where it was perceivably going. What I had thought was clearly expressed and communicated was not, and I wasn't receiving the information he was delivering the way he meant it. There's an Aldous Huxley quote talking about, we operate from these concepts, our ideas, and we logically know them for ourselves and we really understand those for ourselves. That's how we experience our world. But to understand someone else's concepts and language and words when they're telling us what they're thinking, their ideas, we don't always really understand. They don't break down the same way because of the way that we think. It's really challenging. Right? Like language is supposed to be the thing that allows for us to be able to communicate and understand each other. And yet we say words. I find myself all the time like, what did you mean? What does that mean? Tell me more. I don't understand. Can you clarify? And still humans, we have got to practice over delivering over communicating overstating clear is kind. Especially when you think about this dating situation, this whole weekend while talking about this stuff, I just keep <laughs> keep laughing. It's not funny, but it is. I keep thinking of Ross and Rachel and friends when they're like, but we were on a break. <laughs> no one really established what that looked like. And I think when we're doing, you know, like if you're doing a 90 days, he's going to have to be clear. We're going to have to be clear. I have to be really clear about everything, what that looks like in overstate probably so that we can establish the boundaries And communicate so we have clarity. So, needless to say, we're treading the waters that I've already committed to for this 90 days and navigating that. But the most obvious obstacle here in consideration of him is the mere fact that I'm already very aware of how much comfort and peace, trust and calm I find with him. We are emotionally, energetically connected and close, we have bonded. The attachment hormones, oxytocin, vasopressin, have settled into the system, and there's a real chemical hook here. This is what happens. It's also what needs to happen for our human species to evolve. These hormones release and make us feel soothed and calm. This is what we crave. It's what overrides this primitive nature or animal in us. These hormones suppress the testosterone and dopamine. It actually ends up lowering the sex drive in men to keep him faithful. Otherwise, when we're operating from the testosterone and dopamine, we are out. We are feeling desire and drive, and we want that reward. Obviously, it's, you know, a little more nuanced and not so black and white. According to Julie Holland, you can't be romantically in love with more than one person at a time. I've been thinking this over. She says you can love stuff for many, but you can only love one. There are neural mechanisms in place that prevent it. So get this. The neural pathways associated with bonding attachment are dependent on orgasm and its burst of oxytocin. But get this. Testosterone makes us horny. Dopamine keeps us going after it. Oxytocin removes our walls of separation so we can connect with others, meaning take your clothes off. It's the chemical that creates the trust between people. Even in passing, you can smile and trigger a release in someone else and yourself. Just like that. You can hug someone for 20 seconds and feel it. It's uplifting, yet relaxing. When it comes to dating and sex, there is a process that occurs in the brain. We go from lust to attraction to attachment. Lust, which is defined as very strong sexual desire and is separate from attraction, produces more testosterone and dopamine and very little oxytocin. Once the chase and sex have been had, that pursuit is over. You aren't bonding and attaching because of that lack of oxytocin and vasopressin not being released in your system. Unlike with attraction, this is the next step in the chemical release and possibly within the relationship activities. It's here where you find two people wanting more, feeling really good from the chemicals being dripped, adding to the buildup that leads to deeper connection. Oxytocin keeps you feeling connected to your lover. This is romantic love. Oxytocin releases after the orgasm, leaving us wanting for naught, but it's that skin-to-skin doing that pillow talk which stimulates you wanting to go again. Oxytocin is like morphine. It can leave us feeling open and trusting, and when you add to that the person you are attracted to or interested in, you cannot get enough. Recognizing this bond that has been formed is crucial to know. It informs me to be mindful of how I will miss him, our intimacy, that letting go might and will be emotionally difficult due to this connection that we have. And that we'll be leaning into those feelings. And yes, maybe very possibly withdrawing from the chemicals. Since I've added celibacy to the challenge, I won't be able to masturbate or come, which poses an obstacle in regards to my personal lifestyle, well-being choices, and how to stay turned on and feel good each day. I'm all about raising those chemicals. Yeah, I have several practices that I treat as a ritual, and one of them is masturbation. I do this because, duh, double yum fun, and because it's like a natural antidepressant. It releases the chemicals required to keep your body naturally feeling high. The oxytocin vasopressin, the beta endorphins, the norepinephrine. These chemicals keep your body in a feel-good state. If you don't have them being released naturally you will find yourself reaching for alcohol, sugar, or antidepressants. So how do I solve for this obstacle? The rhythm of love, Renegades. The rhythm of love. They have found that to release oxytocin and the spasopressin, you just need to start stroking yourselves at the pace of 40 strokes a minute. Good news. You don't need to be mindful of counting. It's the instinctive pace to the average human while researching milk letdown, scientists found that it was around 40 suckles a minute. Mothers stroke their babies' arms or heads at 40 strokes per minute. We pet our animals up to 40 strokes. The uterus contracts at an orgasm 40 times a minute. 40 strokes a minute is defined as the rhythm of love. At this rate, we coax our body into releasing oxytocin. I mean, you guys are probably watching my Instagram over the next 90 days and I will just be stroking my face mindlessly or my arm just for some regulation. I'll also be focusing on movement to keep my nitric oxide sending out growth hormones, managing my mind to create all the feelings I can while celebrating this beautiful choice I'm making to personally evolve and grow. And I'm going to be incredibly intentional about channeling this energy into my work and creating something at a genius level. I'm going to think about my clients. And remember, I'm also doing this for them to be an example of what's possible. And of course, I'm going to cherish every minute possible over the next 90 days with my baby. I can't wait. I cannot wait. It's all of it. I don't want to rush it. I just want to be here for it. I don't want to get into that because talk about another emotional situation going on over here, letting go and watching my children leave is, that's really challenging. But anyway, I want to offer that each of you take a minute to inquire and examine your physical and emotional engagement with the gender that turns you on sexually. These chemicals are real. How consumed are you by it? Can you take it or leave it? Does it feel healthy and balanced? Is it just about sex? Are you in lust or attraction stages? Do you know? Would you prefer it was attached and locked down? Have you talked to your partner about these things? Or is it too soon? Think about it. All right, Renegades, until next week, love you. Hey, Renegades, if you're finding the tools and concepts I'm sharing each week about your brain on dating, you won't want to miss out on working with me one-on-one. I've just launched my program, Wake Up Before Another Breakup, and in just eight weeks, you won't question if you can trust yourself to date or why you can't find the one. Head on over to modernrenegades.com forward slash programs to learn more about it and how you can work with me. Let's learn how to lose ourselves in the moment, not the man.